It's the Kyle Hyman Show on Redeemer Radio. I mean, you have up, down, left, right. You got the noodle. You got the you got the fold and you got hamburger style, hot dog style. You got so I mean, there's a lot of I could I could see that. <laughs> it's time for Catholic Games, the show that helps you learn something about the faith while having some fun. And now here's your host, me. Welcome to Catholic Games. I'm Kyle Hyman, and joining me today is a throwback because you were actually my first guest ever on the first oh, episode. Yeah. We're in the thousands now, and you were the first episode. Edmund Mitchell, welcome back. Oh, it's so great to be here. So, Edmund, we're here to talk about something that's real and true. Mm-hmm. And, and actually, that's the name of it, real and true, yep. or real plus true, or real true. Yep. Yeah, I mean, we're a church that's uh, both and plus addition. Yes. You know, as well. That's what we're about. So realtrue.org, a resource for making the catechism cooler than it's ever been in its life. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. That's I want to statement. talk about it. But okay. before, I want to play a game. It's All a right. game I'm calling Real and True or Fake and False. <laughs> oh, I like it. Fake and False. Okay. I like it. I like it. I like it. So I will give you two things. Okay. One of them is real and true. The other is fake and false. Okay. Fake and false. So you okay, have to tell me which is which. Okay. Okay. Or just tell me which one is real and true. This is like that Leonardo DiCaprio movie where he counterfeits everything. Yeah. I'm like that character. Well, no, I'm that character. Okay. You're that and character. You to... and I'm, I'm the FBI agent. I'm Tom Hanks. <laughs> exactly. Okay. All right. Let's then go. Catch Leo. me if you can. Catch me if you can. There you go. Yes classic based on a true story yeah my life (laughs) (laughs) all right are you ready yes let's go let's go first question or first pair of of things okay okay the crown nebula is six thousand light years away I feel like this is is this from one of the videos it from is from one of the videos the yes crown nebula i remember I that this... we i think we had to re-record this because i kept mispronouncing <laughs> crown nebula i kept going <laughs> nebula and they were like we gotta you sound drunk uh six thousand light years away that's a lot of light years that's a lot of light years the other one is the moon is 174 miles from the earth 174 miles seems like the distance between like California and New York. So okay. I'm going to say that the moon statistic is false and fake. You are correct. Yes. Yes. The crown nebula is 6,000 light years away. According to me, the real true.org video. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> a disclaimer. I don't know if you fact checked that. Yeah. Uh, the if moon is actually 238,900 miles. Okay. Away. Okay. That sounds about Big right. Difference. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. All right. Second up. Penguins dive to depths up to 500 feet. Okay. Or if you shave a tiger, which I recommend you do yep. someday, mm-hmm. uh, the skin is striped just like the fur. Man, that's a, that's a, uh, okay. Um, 500 feet or meters, 500 500 feet. feet. Yep. That's, that's a, that's a, that's a distance. 
and penguins are very compact. But the stripes on a tiger, see, I'm thinking of zebras. Ah, man, that's really tough. I think I'm gonna have to go with the penguin fact is false. Because I are think correct. tigers yes. do have stripes if you shave them. Tigers do have stripes if you shave them, which yeah. I think I didn't know that until today. Uh, but penguins dive over 1,600 feet deep. See, that's what I'm saying. They're durable, man. They like <laughs> Dur dude, durable you could, birds. You, you could punt a penguin, and he would he would uh, thank you for it. <laughs> Say thank you, sir. May I have another? Because it was it was didn't, didn't of no consequence. I, I hadn't thought of that before, but that mm -hmm. may or may not be true. Yep. I, I, I won't. Uh, we might have to fact check that one. <laughs> yeah. Hey, the apples that we buy in the grocery store. Okay. They are harvested between five and 12 months before they get to the supermarket. Or there are 14 cuts of beef on a cow. <laughs> 14 cuts of beef on a cow seems like a low number because I mean you got the tongue you got the I mean you got a lot of different you got a lot to work with I mean if you just cut across two different cuts of beef you make a third cut of beef you make a new <laughs> cut of beef right you like add a new country in there there's an infinite number of cuts you're just like Germany going through adding new borders like there's new countries and new um ah, and then the other one was at 5 to 12 months 5, five to 12 five, months before Five months seems reasonable. Twelve store. months seems like twelve months seems insane. <laughs> it's like next year's apple. Right. <laughs> why, why didn't you just get it yesterday instead of last year? Yeah, next year's apple just seems crazy to me. That would be I want that one to be true, but I think it's the uh I think it's the I think there's more than 14 cuts of beef. Okay. So I'm gonna say final answer, Alec. Um uh -huh. <laughs> That there are more than 14 cuts of beef. 14 cuts of beef is false and fake. You're correct. It's false and fake. But there are technically eight cuts of Only beef. Only eight? Yeah. Uh, uh, I guess officially USDA, FDA, uh, Yeah, yeah. Not, FFA, if you ask your, not if you ask your abuela. Your abuela <laughs> would cut it into... She'd be like, there's a hundred different cuts, you know? Just so you think of like that, that picture of the cow yeah. with yeah, like yeah. the regions. Yeah. They call them regions as well. Huh. Yeah territories <laughs> parishes if you're from yeah. louisiana yeah yeah all right your tongue is uh -huh. made of 16 muscles or is the pattern on every person's tongue as unique as a fingerprint um as unique as a fingerprint seems like a stretch but the tongue is made out of 16 muscles. I thought the tongue was just one muscle, but. I mean, have you ever heard of somebody like doing, you know, the retina scan, the tongue check? No, I've never it's heard of that COVID friendly, like stick your tongue on a screen to unlock your phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stick your tongue. But here. it does free up your hand. Yeah. I'm okay. So wait, can you say them both again? The tongue is as unique as a fingerprint, or it's made up of sixteen muscles. Good memory, yes. Uh, I thought the tongue is just one muscle. I'm gonna go with the fingerprint. Tongue is false and fake. You think the print is false and fake, and that it is made of sixteen muscles? I mean, uh, yeah, that's, that's true. Okay, I'm more sure of the, that being false and fake than I am sure of the sixteen muscles being true. Okay. You're incorrect. 
Dang. The, the pattern on every person's tongue is as unique as a fingerprint. Wow. And the tongue is actually made of eight muscles. So I doubled okay. the number. Okay, okay. I don't, okay. I don't know how they get eight muscles out of it. I agree with you. It seems like it's just one muscle. Yeah, that seems with like a lot, a of, lot of muscles. Skill. I mean, you have get, up, down, left, right. You got the noodle. You got the... You got the fold and you got the hamburger you? style, hot dog style. You got, so, I mean, there's a lot of, I could, I could see that. <laughs> okay. I, I, I'm no biologist. I just, uh, look things up online. Yeah. Pope Liberius. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you know him well. He was yep. the 36th Pope and he was the first Pope not to be recognized as a saint. That may be true. Okay. Or speaking of firsts. The first person to run a mile in less than four minutes was Daniel Komen of Kenya. One of those... It, less than four minutes? Correct. Broke the four-minute mile barrier. I seem to remember that the five-minute mile barrier was broken by, like, a British bloke. I think. I thought. I thought, mm. I thought somebody... I thought, I thought it was a more fair-skinned man that broke the five-minute but maybe I'm thinking of the four minute, a Kenyan. So you're you're assuming this Kenya man is not fair skinned. That's true. I need to check my privilege. I need to check my uh, my prejudices there because you're right. I mean, there are Asian looking people that live in Kenya. I'm sure. Uh, and then the other one was what? Oh, Pope Liberius. Yes, Liberius, thirty sixth Pope from three fifty two to three sixty six. Oh, First now Pope you're giving not me to be all recognized these, as saint. See, you're giving me all these valid sounding statistics. He is the first pope to not be recognized as a saint. So, uh, what's the name of the Kenyan? Uh, Daniel Komen. I'm going to go with the pope. One is false. Oh, no. The 36th Pope was the first Pope not to be recognized as saints. So the first 35 Popes were all recognized as saints. Many of those were martyrs. I, oh my I gosh. Suppose. Way to break the chain there. <laughs> I don't know if he was just like, yeah, you're okay, but not that great. Or if he was yeah. kind of one of the, the Liberius ones. is like, I mean, it sounds like an X-Men character, like Liberius. What superpower would Liberius have? Yeah, I I don't know if there was ever a Liberius II. Like, he wasn't one you yeah. really wanted to kind of keep Mm-mm. that going, maybe. No. Uh, but the first person to run a mile in less than four minutes was a British man, Sir <gasps> Roger Bannister. Okay, okay. In the That's 50s. Yeah, in Daniel Coleman. In the 1950s. Oh, oh okay, okay, okay. I want to say 54. Mm-hmm. But in 1997, Daniel Coleman of Kenya ran two miles in less than eight minutes. Becoming the first person to run two sub four minute miles back to back. Okay, okay. I've heard that uh, this is an ana- or this is a anecdote for the power of mental mental barriers. That once one person broke the four minute mile, then hundreds of people started breaking it yep. because they knew it yep. was possible. And that's something uh, Tony Robbins. That's a story Tony Robbins tells all the time. Yeah, like break through your mental barriers. And I use it in talks sometimes because he had pace guys running with him to keep mm. him running the right pace and mm-hmm. they just get out of the way at the end because they can't keep oh, up with him yeah but they're keeping him on pace and it's their support that helped him to do something great yeah and they weren't in it for the credit they weren't in it for the fame they were just supporting their guy and then get out of the way dang and how we need support too that's cool anyway 
Uh, I got two more. Okay. So, well, four more facts. Okay. Two more pairs. Pope Pius the 12th, 1954, mm-hmm. was the first pope to be photographed while being pope or Pope Pius the 12th in 1954, same guy. Was he the first pope to use radio for mass communication? Oh man, I'm so bad with dates and this type of I'm so bad with this type of uh facts. Um I I, w- I would have no idea. I want to say that I've seen a photo of what'd you say Pope Pius the 12th? Pope Pius the 12th. But I don't know that he would be the first pope to be nineteen fifty-four. Yeah, nineteen fifty-four. Seems like I know Barack Hussein Obama was the first president to be photographed with a digital camera. That does not help me in this situation. Oh, that's interesting. That does not help me in this situation at all. Uh, I'm gonna go with Alec. He's the first pope to be photographed. Oh no. No, the first Radio? pope to be photographed was almost a hundred years earlier. Okay, that makes pope sense. Pius the ninth. That makes sense. I'm so pope Pius the twelfth in the 1950s was the first pope to use radio for mass communication. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. All right, last one. Pope John Paul II traveled to 129 different countries. Or, most biblical scholars agree that Paul, Saint Paul would have traveled over 5,000 miles by foot. Man, there's a lot of red herrings here because it could be like by foot or maybe by, maybe it's 5,000 by multiple instruments of (laughs) mobility. Uh, (laughs) And then Pope John Paul II, 100 and what? How many countries? 129 different countries. How many countries are there? Um, (laughs) That's a good question. Uh, both of these seem plausible and I know that you're just tweaking one number somewhere uh, but I don't do minor tweaks I will say that well I mean I who can blame you uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, man I, both of these uh, both of these if you told me both of these were true I'd, I'd be like yeah sounds reasonable uh, 5,000 miles by foot like he could have done more than 5,000 miles by Mm. foot. Okay. Uh, I think I'm going to go with the Paul one is false. You are correct. And on a win. Congratulations. Was I I right? He went more than 5,000 miles? That is correct. Is over 10,000 miles. Okay. Again, we don't know for sure, but well, it's like the song. I would walk, I would walk 5,000 miles and I would walk 5,000 more just to be like St. Paul. Yeah. Wait, yeah. is that the is that the Men in Hats song or is that the Vanessa Carlton? Wait, one of the no, songs, right? It's it like an Men in Hats. Walk. It was the Proclaimers. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, there we go. We figured that out. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> yeah. So Pope John Paul II traveled to 129 different countries. They said he logged in more than 750,000 frequent flyer miles. Holy cow. Which I don't know who got to redeem those. Yeah, how do you redeem you know. them? Well, Jesus redeemed us all, so there you go. <laughs> Very good. Uh, yeah, so it, three times the distance to the moon. Wow, which we found out earlier so was not back. 100 miles. No, it yeah. is 238,900 miles Dang. to the moon. So congratulations, Edmund Mitchell, for your prize. Uh, I'd like to talk about 
your latest exciting release, realtrue.org. Yeah. I'm really excited about it. I watched the videos mm-hmm. and they are exactly what I've always wanted. Like uh, the first video, especially it's like the Vox style video. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you know, yeah. just like hip and like a video essay that yeah. draws you in. Let's start with the project as a whole. How did this all start? It's really interesting. So Edmundo, Emily and I all met at a Catholic creative summit a few years back. And then Edmundo Which, had been trying. First of all, all three of you, your first name begins with E. That's, yep. Yep. We're that, E3. That's kind of rare. Yep. And then there's white Edmundo, uh, Mexican Edmundo. And then there, and then Emily, I think is Mexican. I, I don't know if she's half Mexican. She's Mexican. She's Mexican. So we're all just the E's. The yeah. Very ethnic. Um, and uh, so we all met at a Catholic Creatives Summit. And then Edmundo had been trying to either hire me or work with me in some capacity for a while. And then he at one point said, hey, I know that you really love the catechism and you've tried to, you've done some catechism projects in the past. He's like, we have this really interesting idea. And then Emily and Edmundo kind of pitched it to me. And Edmundo has a story of, I mean, I have my own story of falling in love with the catechism. Edmundo has a story where he came across the Bible Project, which is a Protestant project that does animated explainer videos about the Bible. And Edmundo just knew that that was the type of content he wanted to make like he's he really loves making content yeah but not necessarily starring in it but just like helping in the process and the production and the planning of that kind of content and so he had had on his heart for a long time to do something like the bible project and then it was like emily and me all coming together and and he was like what if it was about the catechism and then we kind of came up with like how would we do it would it just be translating words into pictures or could we do something a little more, not aggressive, but a little more bold and have a different approach to it so that we came up with this idea of like a proclamation video, an explanation video, and a connection video. And they kind of build on each other based on the catechetical methodology that I was trained in kind of influenced how we do this. So like you said, the proclamation video is very Vox style, radio lab. It just kind of explores the world and is curious about the world and leads up to or prepares you for the next video that goes deep into the topic of the catechism. And then the third connection video is live action. So the first two are animated with voiceover. The third one's live action. That's more like, how do we apply this? What does this look like in real life? And it's me shucking and jiving on camera and being, being crazy. Getting catechism thrown at you and such. Yeah. 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 So that's, that's how I don't want to tell people what happens to the cake. You have to watch the video to find out (laughs) what happens to the cake. Oh my gosh. Like it's been (laughs) so fun because I'm so used to how many cakes did you have made for that? At least two many, too many. We, we, we produce one video. Here's like, this is why you listen to these interviews. We produced one entire video where basically the feedback was that the cake we had, we had to shoot the entire thing over because the cake we had was too ugly. It was just an ugly looking <laughs> sad cake because we were so concerned about all the other production stuff. We just, the cake was like a last minute. I should find the picture. But then, then finally, once you show this video that you've worked hundreds of hours on and then you show it to someone and someone just pauses the video and then there's this picture of this super sad cake that was like yeah. handmade and lumpy and and shifting on one side. <laughs> and they're like, so what's with the cake? And immediately it's like the, the scales fall from your eyes. And you're like, oh, this is an ugly cake. This is like the ugliest cake. It's it's a it's a clear moment in the video. And we picked the most ugly cake. Um, so, yeah, it was I don't know what your original question was, but it was uh, it was fun and a really crazy um, experience like doing that because I'm not I'm not used to the level of 
professionalism that Emily and Mundo <laughs> operate on. I mean, they're just super intentional and planned out. And I'm often the opposite in my social yeah. media hijinks. So we have this really amazing complimentary relationship between all three of us. So the first video is called What Would Earth Be Like Without Maps? Which is such a great question. It's like anybody, you don't have to be Christian or like anybody could be like, I want to know what that yeah. is about. You know, it's just yeah. a very curious question. It has nothing to do with faith on the surface, but yeah. you kind of bring it around back towards the end, which I like. Yeah. Yeah. So what we do with each unit is there's a section of the catechism and then we prayerfully try to come up with, and it's not always super explicit, but we try to come up with one line that is our kind of thesis or proclamation statement. So in catechesis, when I would do catechesis uh, or catechize, you try to come up with this one line that's like, if they take nothing else away, what would be ringing in their hearts and in their mm. ears? And for this unit, it was the life of man is to know and love God. And it's paragraphs one through 25 of the catechism. And so then we thought like, how could we open someone up to the possibility of either asking a question that ends in that answer or at least being open to feeling like there's got to be a life of man that's about knowing and responding to something, you know? Yeah. And that's when we came up with this idea of maps as an analogy of that. And just to try to get you, you know, like with a lot of Radiolab episodes, it's like if it just ended with a line from the Bible, you'd be like, oh, wow, this is amazing. And <laughs> and instead, it just ends with this like curiosity or openness uh, about the world and, yeah. and the human experience. So that's that's how we kind of landed on this fun thing of, of, about maps, because we we really are fascinated by knowing the world, even parts of the world we might not ever go to. Why is that? And then but then also there's like implicit in a map that you might respond to it. You might do like I could go to China. I might not ever, but like I could go there, you know. Right. And there's something fascinating about our desire for that. And is it deeply spiritual or is it just this quirky thing in us? Well, I'm intentionally kind of teasing it without telling all of the details here. So people have to go and check out the videos. Yeah. There's a podcast as well. Yeah. So what's what's the pitch? Where would you want to send people? What's the best social yeah, media website? Real, Realtrue.org would be the first place I would say to go because that's where everything's kind of housed and you can jump off to a bunch of different areas and uh, our social media channels and we're on TikTok and Facebook and and YouTube. The The, the videos are on the website. And then, but they also are published on Facebook and YouTube. And then they're also translated into French, Spanish, and Portuguese, which due to the generosity of our Sunday visitor, I mean, it's free, it's free to the world. And we're making this content and, and making a global project instead of just an English speaking project. And that was really cool. It's really cool to hear. It's really cool to hear someone pretend to be me in French. Uh, yeah. And and it's awesome that that the content is kind of being spread around the world into into areas that don't that, that really have a, a lack of these type of resources oh yeah well i think everywhere has a lack of these kind of resources That's as true. far as like really well produced geared towards young adults teens yeah you know it's it's attractive it's interesting it's asking deep questions and providing answers to those deep questions too yeah i think sometimes we ask the questions that don't don't give any answers like yeah there's just well life is full of interesting questions <laughs> So yeah. why am I here? I, Who knows? Yeah, Kudos. You guys have done a great job putting this together. Again, people can check it out. Realtrue.org. It's just eight characters. Realtrue.org. Yeah. Uh, I'm subscribed to the podcast, subscribe to the YouTube channel, all awesome. of that. So people can do the same follow you on social media. Yeah. Thank and, you. And uh, also Edmund Mitchell on social yep. media. That's me. 
Yeah. Uh, I mean, Lazarus. All yeah, the things. For, for a while, all you're going to get from me on social media is stuff about Real and True because I haven't been able to talk about it for like a year and a half. So now I'm yeah. finally out from under this NDA and I can <laughs> talk about it publicly. So, yeah. So I'm really excited. Thank you. And, and thanks to people that go and support it and share it because we're trying to get it in front of as many people as possible. Very good. Thanks, Edmund. Yeah. It's great to be here. If you have any suggestions, comments, or words of affirmation, shoot us an email, show at kylehyman.com. And until next time, remember to leave room for the Holy Spirit. This show is a production of the Spoke Street Media Podcast Network. For more great podcasts, visit spokestreet.com.